We are back for another week of Behind the Lens. I'm Debbie Elias, film critic, creator, and host of Behind the Lens. And every Monday, I am right here on AdrenalineRadio.com, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, where we go behind the lens and below the lines with the movers and shakers and movie makers in film and television today, uh, focusing heavily, of course, on the crafts the the artisans behind the scenes who make these films and television series come to life for all of us. Uh, and when I say artisans, I truly mean that. And especially now that we're in award season, you're going to be hearing excerpts of my exclusives with a lot of potential Academy Award nominees uh, in, in the upcoming weeks. Uh, I'm not sure whether it's going to be next week or the week after, but you will be hearing excerpts of my exclusive with Ben Smithert, the cinematographer on Downton Abbey. And anyone who has seen Downton Abbey, you know what I mean when I go, oh, it's gorgeous to look at. Gorgeous. Ben's cinematography is absolutely exquisite. And you'll be hearing from him, plus the interview will be up on BehindTheLensOnline.net, as well as a few other select outlets around the globe that uh, do pick up uh, my interviews. Then also, we're going to hear from Trevor Gates, the sound editor of Us. Uh, and as you all know, sound is, I am, I'm a huge fan of sound in movies, and I love to discuss that sound cinematography but sound is so important and so many directors overlook that but you'll get to hear uh excerpts again my interview with trevor gates in the coming weeks we're going to have more people julian day costume designer for rocket man uh i adore julian and uh I was so disappointed when he did not get an Oscar nomination for his work in Bohemian Rhapsody. And I think all of you, all of you listeners out there would agree that replicating and reimagining Freddie Mercury's iconic looks and, co and stage costumes, in addition to the offstage looks of the entire band of Queen, uh, was exemplary. And Julian got shafted, to be quite honest by the Academy. So hopefully this year they will not overlook him. But we'll be talking to Julian in the coming days, uh, and you'll hear part of that interview as well right here on Behind the Lens. But I'm not just here at Behind the Lens. You can find my movie reviews and interviews in print and online, in multiple outlets, in the U.S. and abroad, 24-7, uh, and of course, always on BehindTheLensOnline.net. Uh, a fun show today. Um, we're going to be talking. Another film festival is happening. Uh, down uh, Downtown LA Film Festival, which of course is in downtown LA, starts this week uh, at the end of the week. Uh, one film I'm so thrilled is going to be there on Thursday night, Inside Game. Uh, you just heard Randall Battenkoff, director of that film, here last week on the show. The film had its premiere at San Diego International Film Festival over the weekend. Ended up winning the Audience Award for Best Ensemble. And if you if you go back and listen to last week's show and, and my speaking with Randall or read my review, uh, which is on BehindTheLensOnline.net, multiple other places, on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the cast is the heart and soul of that film. So congratulations to Randall, to Scotty Wolf, to Eric Mabius, and of course, Will Sasso. Uh, and anybody who's in downtown L.A. Re at the uh, Regal Cinemas down there by L.A. Live, uh, that film will be, it's going to be screening on Thursday night, and I think it starts at 7, Red Carpet starts around 6, and I do know that uh, some of the casting, especially Will Sasso, will be there. So if you want to hop down there, if you're in L.A. on Thursday, good place to go. But 
also part of Downtown LA Film Festival, Spinning Dry. So joining us today will be one of the actors from Spinning Dry, James Duvall. And James has been a hardworking actor. He is always working on something, uh, small roles, one-offs, uh, a lot of independent film work. Uh, but you probably remember him best for his role as Miguel in Independence Day, oh, so many years ago. And he's back now in Spinning Dry, and guess what? It's a film that involves aliens. So uh, I don't know if we have a pattern here, but we're going to find out. And, of course, after James, then also in Spinning Dry, we're going to uh, joining us will be writer-director James Avalone and co-writer, uh, or rather co-writer, uh, director, and one of the other stars of Spinning Dry, Alana Krauss. Uh, so that's going to be fun. And Pam is already playing on the phone, so I don't know what she's doing. Um, I don't know if somebody's calling in extremely early. He has called in extremely early. Oh, my goodness. You know what? Let's juggle the show then, Pam. Um, I was going to jump into... Dion Taylor and uh, Black and Blue with excerpts of my insane interview with Dion uh, late yesterday. Um, I quickly have to talk in case we don't get to the this clip of D of uh, Dion's interview. Black and Blue opens this Friday. Um, obviously, early opening on Thursday night for those seven and eight o'clock shows. This is a powerhouse movie. Um, it pits the police against the black culture. But going beyond that, it addresses the truth of situations. It addresses being the change. Um, it's all about finding the truth. It's not about the cops. It's not about the community. It's about what is right. What is the truth? What is right? Um, everybody deserves police protection. Everybody should cooperate with the police. Uh, but it's a very interesting powerhouse of a story. Focuses around a new cop, played by Naomi Harris, an incredibly nuanced role. Um, she's also also in the film are Tyrese Gibson and Frank Grillo, who is one of the most underrated villains on the screen and has been for a long time. And Frank outdoes himself here. Uh, I love watching what he does when he's paired up uh, with Joe Carnahan or what he does in Marvel. But here, <laughs> Frank Grillo goes as far as you can go. Production values are high. Dante Spinotti is the cinematographer. And the film was shot in the actual Ninth Ward down in New Orleans. And what you see, a very prominent piece, is um, Kingston Manor Apartments with these incredible murals and these were not put they they were not installed for the film these are down there an artist went around to various points in the city after Katrina and painted these and they're very it's fascinating to see them because they serve as inspiration hope but also they focus on the eyes the someone is always watching the eyes are watching and it fits this film black and blue so well Somebody is watching, and they're watching out for you. And in Black and Blue, it comes down to Naomi Harris's character of West. Uh, other outstanding performances come from Reed Scott and Bo Knapp. Uh, I can't recommend it highly enough. It is in theaters around the country uh, this weekend on Friday. Please go see it, and hopefully we'll have some time later in the show uh, that you can hear the sane parts of my interview with Dion. Anybody that listens to this show knows that Dion and I go back many, many years. And I love him to death. Uh, he is a dear friend. And um, anybody that calls me up to do an interview and all I hear is this cackling laughter like Margaret Hamilton of the Wicked Witch of the West. Um, you know it's going to be fun. And that's what he did to me yesterday. Um, scared the bejeebus out of me, actually. So, but without it, we're going to put black and blue on hold right now. Hopefully we will come back to it uh, later in the show. But right now, 
we're going to bring the wonderful James Duvall on. Welcome, James, to Behind the Lens. Hi, thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you. I have been following you for decades now with a lot of the wow. <laughs> a lot of the little indie things that you do um you know you've done a lot of TV one-offs you've done uh, Hawaii 50 you've done voicing for Bojack Horseman uh and then mm-hmm. your indie films like Kaboom I love that when it it didn't go anywhere but, <laughs> 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 but I love that film Donnie Darko which has become a real that's a real cult favorite um, of course, you had a small role. Yeah, well, I'm flattered. <laughs> uh, also, Gone in 60 Seconds. But I think what everybody really will re- remembers you most for is playing Miguel in Independence Day. And that's been, yeah, I think, uh, you know, since no, back in 96. That was kind of a big one. That, yeah. was, that was huge. And that was only, what, the second or third role in your career. Yeah, it was one of my. It was one of the was one of the first things I had done. Um, I worked with Greg at that point. And I did two small movies, but I think that was like the, maybe the fourth movie, the second big role. But I think that's the one that everybody remembers you for. And of course, when I saw that you were in Spinning Dry, and I think that the publicist, I think Kim will tell you this, all that excited me was, oh my God, James is he's in another Alien film. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And that was the first thing. The first thing. Uh, when I, I got a strange kinship with aliens. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I know. What? What? You know? What? Every twenty years or something, you hit. You, you know, you're hanging out with aliens. Um, it, seems, it seems to be like. <laughs> oh my God, Jim! But seriously, publicist Kim Dixon will tell you. Um, I'm sure that you're going to be at the at the downtown L.A. Uh, doing the red carpet or something, but she will tell you that was yeah. my first reaction. It was, oh, my God, James is in it. Another alien film. Um, so, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I'm like, I, ha- James, I have to talk to James. I have to have James on the show. And well, I'm, I'm beyond flattered. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be a running theme in my career. Aliens, but from Independence Day to Nowhere to the fact we have an alien in uh, Now Apocalypse, the Stars TV show that just played. Oh, see, you know what? What? Okay, now are you trying to tell us something here? You know, <laughs> you know, because you know the premise of Spinning Dry, which I love. I love what James and Alana came up with. Um, her character Samantha, she's multiple times divorced. And she believes she's been abducted multiple times by aliens. And now in the morning, she's told them she'll go back with them again. And they're coming. (laughs) Um, How do you not gravitate towards a film like that or a script like that? That's just okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, when when James and Alana brought up the idea, I jumped right on board. I thought thought it sounded like a wonderful idea, actually. And your and your character Norm is a very interesting character in this film because essentially it's one day and one night, and you're the gardener's son who obviously should not be gardening, um, with all the trouble you have with a lawnmower. Um, I, I hope you got hazard pay. I hope you got hazard pay, James. But then you, you and Alana's character of Samantha, the two of you, spend the night drinking, talking. But we are also treated to something very special that I don't think a lot of people know about you. You are a pianist. Um, I am. I, I, it's, it's funny that you said that. I, I forgot I played piano in that. Because I was just kind of doing a drunken rant playing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I grew up playing classical piano when I was very young. And I thought I was just... That was such a lovely segment in the film where you sit down and you and you start playing. And because I knew that you were you were a trained pianist, classical. And it's not often that somebody who's trained in that in that kind of discipline ever gets a role where they can that skill can skill can come in handy. And you get it really, to it really can't. I think I've only used it maybe twice in my entire career. There's another movie I did with General Rollins and Brooke Shields called The Weekend, and I play a painter who 
plays the piano in that as well. Mm-hmm. But that but, was such kind of, I think that was 99. So it's only the second, yeah, it's only the second opportunity I got to kind of utilize that. And I remember that really came from James Avalon. We strongly came from him. We were on set and the piano was there and he just kind of created that as we were filming that scene. And it's it's such a beautiful, it's a beautiful scene amidst this questioning of, because I love, you have incredible facial expressiveness. And I got to tell you, I got, you, you get the same look on your face looking at aliens here that you got in Independence Day. So <laughs> it's like, I like to keep that consistent. I, you know, I, I love that. But here we are and, you know, you're taking all of this with a grain of, is she nuts? Is she just drunk? Um, you're not buying this, but at the same yeah, no, not, not at all. No, not at all. it's like watching <laughs> watching you was, yeah. What you mean? They're standing here and they're staring at you. And she goes, "Well, yeah, they hide over in the corner and they watch over me." And it, <laughs> and it's like, oh, and you just play this. But at the same time, your character of Norm has his own issues happening because his father's in the hospital. And yeah. where he should and he's been battling PTSD from Iraq, from being in the military, because you also play a former yeah. Marine. Um, so yeah. You have all these elements that come into play. You have the humor of the disbelief about aliens happening. You have the, uh, you know, the PTSD, which creates its own set of circumstances and problems. And then you've got a father that may have had a stroke, may not have had a stroke, is in the hospital, but it's really, and you're trying to take over his work and honor his commitments, but I, you play this like, it's almost as if it's an, an immobilizing fear and state of denial that you do not want to go see him at the hospital. And Yeah, not at all. That you, got, you hit that right on the head. That's, I'm so glad that you liked the movie and responded to it. It's, it's amazing to hear about it, actually. I mean, this is, it, this is a complex character. And actually, I, I think Norm is the most complex character in the film. When you get right down to it. Uh, we... he, was, he was a lot of fun to write and a lot of fun to play. It was, it was fun to explore that. It's fun to, you know, fun to explore. I think what we found were... You know, especially between um, Norm and Sam, you know, we wanted these people that seem like they're completely different. But when he broke it all down, they were exactly the same. They're both they lost. Be, yeah, they're they're lost, and they want to be found, and they want to be loved, and they want to be held, and like we all do, I think. Yeah, we just express it in different ways. And, and I think it, was a, it was a fun journey to go and kind of explore those characters like that. Now, how collaborative uh, was James in terms of letting you put your own stamp on Norm uh, with the dialogue? Uh, and then so much of this film is you and, and Alana together. So I'm curious about that and, dynamic and that relationship as well. And well, it was great because, you know, it started from the very beginning. And James and Alana had brought the story they came up with a story and they brought it to James and I, and then we all started working on the script together. So James would write some, and then I would write some, and then we would send it to a lot of and see what she thought, and then she would give us her ideas, and we would collaborate like that through the entire first draft and then through the rewrites. And it's interesting because we had to take some time off. We, I think we wrote the script and got a shooting draft probably within a month. Wow. But then we couldn't film it for another four months because I was on three other movies before. Mm-hmm. Try to finish those three before we can start skimming dry. I mean, you are always thought, working, James, and that just that astounds me. You have never stopped working. Um, you know, I try to work as much as I can, to be honest. I'm happy to hear you say that. I just finished four movies in the last four months. In fact, I got to go back one more week in Utah, but because uh, it went over a week. But I'm very, I haven't been as happy just to, as I am when I'm on set, when I'm filming Spinning Dry or working on the projects that I'm working on now. Now, um, I get a lot of enjoyment out of the process of it. Now, how long was your shoot on Spinning Dry? Because I know with a lot of the roles that you take, it's a one-off. You get in, you get out. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was kind of a tight schedule. It was, I think we did it in a little less than three weeks. That's, that's tight. Two and a half weeks. That's tight. 
Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty tight. You know, I just finished another movie called I Challenger literally a, two months ago. And we shot the whole thing in 12 days. So it was the same. And, it, you know, it's a lot of dialogue, like, spinning dried. Mm-hmm. You're shooting 10-page days. Yeah, so and that's that, what that's what that was for spinning dry. A lot of just all dialogue all day long. Yeah, spinning dry is it's reliant on the dialogue. This is very dialogue heavy. It's not like yeah. other, it's not like other films where there's a lot happening because this is also contained within one house. Um, so you've, you're yeah. on one, one location, location, and that requires from James Avalon's and directing that requires. A lot of con- uh, a lot of juggling and configuration to make all the scenes look different. And since you're in the same few rooms all day long, so you've got a lot of dialogue. You have little change in the scene in scenery. So it, <laughs> it's funny to hear you say that's exactly what the big challenge was was to be in one location, which we wanted to shoot at one location so we could contain it and, and you know not only the story but the budget. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with James constantly coming up with a new look for the same thing, and you've got to keep it fresh, you know, yeah. especially as, you change, as you're progressing and changing through the acts, you know, and throughout the daytime. I mean, it's amazing how many ways you can show the bathroom. <laughs> There's a lot of discussions about that, believe it or not. And another one of our friends, a very good DP, uh, Chris Felici, and I just worked with him again recently, um, but it was a lot of fun to bring him in and have him collaborate with uh, James and Alana and myself as well. He's really talented, young, up-and-coming director of photography. Well, you know, and the thing is, you're also a producer on this film. So, you know, uh, so now what did that entail for you? You weren't just coming in acting, which is what you generally do, but you're not just a titular producer like an EP you're actually boots on the ground. You're there. You're in character. And you also see what's happening around. Plus, you've got your 20-plus years of acting experience under your belt. So how, yeah, did, you know, how did that come into play? A question. Um, well, of course, you know, I think it helps a lot to have the experience, you know, to bring with you. So Because as a producer, what I learned very quickly on is you're putting out fires on. It's a lot of damage control. <laughs> so... It was very, it was very challenging, and it's a great challenge, you know, because you, you are. I'm trying to play the characters, and, you know, work on the scenes, and at the same time, it's like, you know, you're putting out fires constantly, left and right, from wardrobe to production, uh, to get the movie going. I remember one day, I think uh, it was the one day I wasn't there, and I hope they don't kill me for saying this, but I know Californication was filming right behind us, uh-huh. right next to us, and for some reason, they sent film LA over to our place where we were filming. And we had a permit to shoot till 10 p.m., but we were shooting at like 11 or 12 o'clock. Oh, God. <laughs> I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't there, but we had they shut us down. They shut us down one night. Oh, anyway. God. You so know, I remember that waking up to that, and I'm like, well, why? Who got the permits? What happened with the permits? Why were the permits? <laughs> you know, which is after the fact. So I like, like to think of my superpower as Captain Hindsight. <laughs> like, well, Jimmy, what happened? I said, like, well, I don't know, but I see the problem now. <laughs> but now, <laughs> have you ever, in, in all your years of being on set and production, especially with the amount of indie films that you've done, um, have the have you th- had to even think as an actor, think about those kind of things? It's like, ooh, I wonder if we're going to get cut off for the day. Ooh, we better move a little. I better move a little faster uh, so we don't lose light, or or so this ha- doesn't happen, or that doesn't happen. Or did all of this? Those are great questions. Yeah. Or did all of this producing wisdom just suddenly come to you with spinning dry? They 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 do actually, and and I got to say since then, you know, and it's it's not something I believe, and I don't really produce just because I like to focus on the performing so much anymore. But I know with producing, you don't want your actors or talent or director. That's your job, but they don't think about that stuff, so they can do their job. They do their job, so we can do our job, Mm -hmm. and. It's difficult if you're performing on any of those, you know, I think it's what, you know, you, you can't help but think it as a director and the DP, but as an actor, you shouldn't be thinking about that stuff other than performing. But I can't help but think, yeah, we're losing light. The light is changing. The sun's going down. You know, we got five minutes to lunch. Then we got lunch penalty. Like all those things are in my mind. <laughs> Whether you're producing or not, you're thinking about that. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I think that comes with just the experience of, you know, being aware of your environment 
So I do try to focus more. I know on the last couple projects, I was it was so much work. You know, I know, especially one in twelve days. I thought, wow, you know, I'm in that zone right now. I can't believe I'm in that zone. If I break out of this zone, this is gonna, I might have trouble finishing this. Mm-hmm. And I think when I was younger, there were times when I'm like, oh, I'm in the zone, and then snap right out of it as soon as I say that. Now I'm I've been able to maintain that. Like I can observe that I'm there where I need to be focusing on the important things and I can cut everything else out after all this time now. And then when I rap, I think about it. <laughs> but, you know, this is what makes you val- very valuable on an indie set for a low-budget, no-budget, micro-budget indie film. This is what makes you valuable because you are aware of all of these elements and you are thinking ahead not only as an actor, but you're thinking, okay, so if somebody says, okay, we're going to break now, I'm sure you have the foresight to say, okay, can we just go five more minutes and finish this? Because you know. Yeah, instead of coming back the next day, uh, yeah. it would cost a lot more money and wouldn't match anything. And, there, and there's certainly been, I appreciate that, there's certainly been moments on this, on the last movie like that. I know we lost one actor couldn't come, and they had to, I had to rewrite the script for them. And this is a script written by James Marantino, who I did at SLC Punk, and Americana uh, with, and, and, you know, and the sequel of SSC Punk. So I was wary about touching the script, but those are the things where you're thinking about it, and it's just about making the film work. What can you do to get what you need so you guys can not only move on, but put that behind you? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think on no-budget, low-budget movies especially, like, you know, how can we, you know, is this camera setup going to take a long time? How can we change the camera setup to simplify this? Right. So we can get everything shot out. Um, and certainly, you know, I'm not shy with cutting dialogue either. Sometimes I think, you know, it's good to overwrite. Cause, you know, mm-hmm. since film is such a visual medium, we don't really want to be telling your audience everything. So it's a lot of fun to play with dialogue as well. I have yeah. a lot of fun rewriting that's, and playing with dialogue. And see, that's, that's what makes spinning dry so interesting is because it is, it's, it, the exposition is dependent upon the dialogue. We're not getting visual <laughs> exposition here. You have to have that written exposition, that spoken exposition, and yeah, and, that, and that, that's that's the important part of that. It's it's where those things kind of came together. If you cut certain things out, it just wouldn't play to the story, and you need to serve the story. So you could lose some of those things in that sense, like I can in some of the other movies. Yeah, but in this one, you can't. And I know it takes no, yeah, it takes a seasoned it. actor to know when you can cut something. When you can't, um, when something doesn't feel right uh, in terms of moving the story along or when you need something else added. Um, and that, that's a testament to you and, you know, the skills that you have just honed over the past 20 plus years here. It's hard to believe that you've been around that long. You, you know, you make me yeah, feel you know- old. <laughs> I think yeah, I think I did that. My do I did I did my first movie in '91, so that was 28 years ago. Yeah, so you're um, you're pushing you know, 30 years in the business. 30 years, and you know, but I it, it's so great. You know, it's something Roland Emmerich actually taught me from Independence Day. I remember him and Dean had just done Independence Day; it was very successful. And then when they did Godzilla, there was kind of a backlash. Mm-hmm. And I remember Dean was really despondent about it. And Roland just and I I took this as life advice, and I take it to this day, and I give it to any. This is my advice to anyone out there, no matter what you do. And so what he basically said to Dean is like, look, Dean, we had done our best. We tried to make the best movie we could, and it didn't work. That happens sometimes. But what we think we can be in control of is every time we work on something, we do our best. And eventually, you know, we're not professed to be geniuses, but eventually over decades of time, we become craftsmen mm-hmm. in, our, in whatever we do. So you just always apply yourself. You fall, you get right back up, and you keep going, and you keep holding your craft, no matter what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that... and I think when you get towards, towards the end of it, the speech that I give to everybody, I give this on my last film. I've been giving it since I learned it from my yoga teacher almost 20 years ago, but he said, many fail on the brink of success. Therefore, pay as close attention to your endings as you do your beginnings, and there will be no failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And I thought that was one of the wisest things. Yeah, you got to run the hardest mile is the last mile. That's not when you're like barely making it. That's when you run the hardest. And of course, fail. You learn from failure. So, mm-hmm. so when you do, that's f- where I learned everything. Really, <laughs> trust me. That's how I've learned almost everything. It's like when disaster <laughs> strikes. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be humbled. Actually, I think in my business, it's good to. 
you know, we want to keep actors need to keep our feet on the ground just because we're always outside of our ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's good to remain grounded. And one thing that remains grounded, you know, is just uh, work. You know, again, working really hard and being in the moment. And you know, for me, when I'm acting, it's, it's the process of, of making the film where I get my most enjoyment. Mm-hmm. You know what? After all these years, what? And because you do have, besides Alien films, you do have a very <laughs> eclectic resume. So, um, in terms well, of the ca- <laughs> in terms of the characters that you play, uh, so I'm curious, what is it you look for in a script? You know, that's a, that's a really good question. I know that when I was younger, uh, it used to be sort of I would look for roles and. Now, but you know, just because depending on how things are written, there may be a character that I wasn't interested in playing at all. But the way that they wrote this character, this writer has introduced this story, has completely captivated me. So sometimes I don't know what I want to play until I read it, actually. Mm-hmm. But usually I can say that the one thing that would be consistent is I like characters that have a lot of conflict to resolve. Because mm-hmm. that gives them an arc and a journey to take them on, whether it's a one day role or a three month role. I like characters with a lot of conflict. I know, uh, especially the last two I played had a lot, a lot of conflict. Well, I, I can't, was, uh, I can't wait to see those. But I mean, even here, yeah, like, you're, like you're, Norm, he's got a lot of conflict. Norm <laughs> has a lot, and without giving away any spoilers, we do see a great arc because when we get to the third act, it's very revelatory for Norm. Well, I think it's a life-changing experience between Norm and Sam. Yes, Actually, you know. Yes. Goal was to bring these people that at the beginning seemed like you know, like I'm saying before, so different. Only to realize when you stripped it away, they were exactly the same and had everything in common. Just like we all do when you strip away all of those uh, outer linings, you find that inside of the person who laughs, and the person who cries, the person who feels and has their own things that they're afraid of, and we and and they may vary from individual to individual, but we all experience those things. Now, a question for you, because I'm going to have to let you go. Because your partners in crime are on hold, unless you want to stay on the oh, line. Oh yes, I love them dearly. Please do you want them in my love? Do you want to stay on the line with them? I can stay on the line with them as well. It's up to you. If you want to, you can stay on the line with them. Pam can loop all three of you together for you know live here on the air. So you t- yeah, we could do that as well. It'd be great to catch up with them. Well, let's do that, Pam. Loop them all in. She's much right. she's much more adept at that than I am. All right, who do we did we lose? Who did we lose anybody? No, you didn't lose me. Uh, yeah, I think I'm still on. This is James. Okay, hey, Jimmy. Is Jimmy here? Or hey, we... Jimmy, James, and David, Debbie. Hi, guys. Hi. Is up. Uh, is okay. Hey. Jimmy's calling back in. Pam lost him, so now oh, she's good. now That's she's awesome. gonna. <laughs> You know, all these technically advanced things here. Okay, are we looping, Pam? Okay, she's, she's yes, she's she's bringing him in. Okay, J- Jimmy, you there? I am here. All right, all hey, three everybody. of you are here. I am... Yay, yay. Fantastic. So everybody's gotten to hear oh, Jimmy great. Jimmy talk talk. Now we've got <laughs> director and writer James Avalon, and then we've got... A co co director, co writer, and one of the other stars of the film, Alana Krauss. Welcome to you guys. Um, hey, Debbie. I'm just welcome to love you too. Yeah, Jimmy wanted to catch hey, up with you. you, so catch up, people. Catch up. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> How's the stop burger doing, Jimmy? It's <laughs> oh, I missed it. It's good. I miss you guys. I'm, looking- I'm so looking forward to all us seeing each other this week. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, James is flying in from New Jersey on Thursday. So, yay. I was going to ask, yeah. will all of you be and down there? Will all of you be at the Regal then to do a, re- a carpet on October 26th at 11 a.m.? I think it's the 26th, isn't it? The 26th, October 26th, 11 a.m. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be there for sure. I've been uh, waiting for this uh, evening. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. And you'll be doing a Q&A well, a after? Jimmy, you too, right? What, Alana? Jimmy? 
Jimmy's got. Did we lose Jimmy again? No, he's. I think he's got a bad connection. Are you? Uh, do are I you, sound? Uh, yes. Yeah, so we we will be there, and I think. And Jim, Jimmy said he was going to be there, and and hopefully, like um, uh, uh, John Savage and um, and some of the other like and um, Chris Melky and um, and some of the other our other um, hopefully Jesse Garcia and. Uh, and and um, my love. Oh, Jesse, it's gonna be good to see him. Daughters. And of course, I. Yeah. Lindsay's gonna be there. Cause Lindsay and contacted me. She said she'd be there. Like, both to know. I mean, he has been like he. He was in the midst of doing this. Um, he actually directed Trucker Pat of uh, this short called Trucker Patty that was about a transgender truck driver, and I I produced it for him because he had was just hold held our hands through. Um, you know, once we were done with the script, mm-hmm. he's the one that kind of made, gave us all the confidence. And Jimmy, Jimmy Duvall is the one that um, had that relationship. Oh, look at that. You get credit for so much stuff, Jimmy. Well, it, it would have, you know, I mean, it was really, I mean, Jimmy and I have been in, like, I don't know how many movies together, but a lot of them. And these little, our little incubated um, uh, independent films over in the Hollywood days. And, um, and James and I met on another uh, uh, crazy, um, Greg Hatsunaka, this mad cowgirl. And he was working, like, what were you doing on, you were doing something in production. And I was like, I was acting in, um, and you're like, oh, wow, this woman. Yeah, I think we're all on that film together. That might have been the first film with all of us together. That, that yeah, was no, the beginning. You know, a, I'm, I'm going to embarrass James for a moment. I don't know if you know this, Alana. I had met James when he'd been discharged from the Marines in early, I think, 2003. Yeah. <laughs> and I was in a bar in Silver Lake. And I remember seeing there, and he just goes, Doom Generation, I'm buying you a beer. We're going to make a movie together. Someday. And I'm like, yeah, you get a script to me, and we'll make a movie. Six months later, I walk onto the set of Mad Cowgirl, and who pops up from behind the camera? It was James Avalone. And he looks at me, and he goes, this doesn't count. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Because he looked at me and said, you weren't kidding. I was like, this is not the one, man. This is not the one I was talking about. <laughs> well, you know. Well, let's let's talk about the one that everybody is going to get to see finally this weekend, Spinning Dry. Where did the idea for this story come from? I think it's it's original. It's very interesting, and the way it plays out, it's very entertaining. It's got some nice little effects happening in there. It has a wonderful reveal oh, in the you. third act, and we're not going to give that away. Um, but obviously, it sounds like somebody decided to um, pattern Norm after himself, possibly a former Marine. <laughs> yes, it's very close to me as well. <laughs> but I think all, all, all three of us, that's a great question, kind of just hashed out these characters. And uh, from there, realized what story they were going to be inside of. And um, once we fell upon that um, alien um, plot, that really drove the characters into this uh, finding their way home story. So now, do any of yeah. you believe that you have been abducted? The thing was like, but it was our relationship in terms of our basic relationship initially. Like, we were, I mean... We weren't having cocktails, uh, you know, twenty four seven. But we did spend. I mean, I see a lot of our our friendship, our closeness from those, you know, prior to that. Because you know, you were so key to you so much support when I, you know, had had a baby, and you know, uh, you know, you just you did a lot of things. You were helping me build stuff and. I don't know. And we had the house, and everybody was running through it and doing different films. But it was really our relationship. Don't you think, sort of, James? 
know for the time. Oh, hi, guys. I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know how you guys came out with it, but that was you, James. That was you and Ilana. You guys brought the story. You're like, hey, let's, be, let's make a story about this. And I'm like, that's a great idea. Let's start writing. So, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, and the alien thing you guys came up with. And I was like, and I was at a party actually with the guy's house, uh, Wexler's house for um, the guy from Sex Lives and Videotapes. And I was, this lady asked me about, oh, what are you doing? And I was, we were about to shoot. And I was like, yeah, but I'm about to, and I don't, can't get my head around this alien thing. And then she started to tell me, oh, well, I've been abducted. Oh, God. And I realized for me that it was like, Okay, there's trauma. You know, it's a, you know, everybody has. I mean, not everybody has trauma. Well, maybe everybody does have trauma, but a lot of us have trauma. And how we deal with trauma, and whether it's self-medicating or you know different things. And so I, I kind of started to find a doorway into that experience. Um, but that, the alien was totally uh, Jimmy and James. Oh my! Well, of course, we all know where where Jimmy got it from. Obviously, alien, you know, <laughs> the aliens are strong yeah. with this one. Um, so, you know, we know. I, you don't, uh, you don't have to we, sell we me. We still had to do a lot of research <laughs> on that uh, topic, though, I think. And uh, we can find out how it relates to these characters. Well, and that's something I want to ask you, um, James. Because in portraying, because we do see evidence uh, evidence throughout uh, Samantha's house of possible mm-hmm. alien, uh, you know, visitations yeah. or. So I'm curious, you know, how you implemented and how you decided where to implement these little touches um, to give the audience something uh, to keep them interested, uh, interested even deeper into the whole alien I- abduction idea. And you also brought sound into that as well with the ambient exterior mm-hmm. sound of what could be a, a, a ship, could not be a ship. Um, you really played into several <laughs> elements. So I'm curious how you went about designing that. Well, I think we all had a big part in that. And um, it really came down to when we were in post-production and, and, and finding... Um, how much of that alien stuff we want to portray to the audience and then hold back from. And I think we figured a lot of that out together, even, even during the filming, like not necessarily all of that was in the script and we had to bring a lot more of that back, mm-hmm. you know, and then uh, really give a lot of care to it and, you know, some reshoots and things like that. Mm-hmm. Alana, what were you saying? I'd be, I'd be have a br- we we shot we you know we did a couple of additional um, um, photography you know second unit things like we had assembled the movie and and I'm really like one of I like was very early influenced by just because it seemed really bizarre but like Hiroshima and more those kind of things where mm-hmm. there's like flashes to things that have really um, that's sort of um, and so. We went and we shot, like, for example, that that um, was shot um, after the fact, the, the little alien. And then um, and then when we, then um, the Roswell stuff was shot in a, at a different time. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then you know, some of the stuff on top of the buildings in L.A., the spinning stuff. But, you know, but, you know, in a way, too, when you were talking about, well, what the, it's sort of like the, when when Jimmy and I are in, and I'm not going to say where we are, but we're we're having that very um, intense conversation. Um, that I just want you to believe me, mm-hmm. okay? It's that sort of like I want whether it's whatever you've experienced, you know, like if you've been a survivor of of, of, of some type of abuse, or you're you you have PTSD from military or from you know i mean there's a lot of different ways to have deal with trauma and that's you know um um, and but having a connection and having somebody else hear you and see you and and you know what you know bear witness with you Mm -hmm. you know and sort of that's sort of in our like james and i spent a lot of time way before in our friendship just listening to each other 
mm-hmm. you know? Well, you know, and I'm glad Being that you, I'm stuff. glad that you brought up um, a lot of the flashback sequences, Alana, because you've got a definite different visual tone to each of them from the present day. And kudos to your to your DP, to Chris, who does a beautiful job. And I have to say, some of those flashbacks are gorgeous. Really gorgeous. Those were shot by a different DP. Really? You and Bourne. And then some of the stuff, like... The oh, stuff that's that you, and that's right. I forgot that was you. With little girl, yeah. with my daughter and everything. That was all shot, actually. That was shot on an iPad it's by the, Maureen. Did you know about the screening? Is you coming? Who was with us. We were shooting, I was acting in The Rambler, and we were over in um, Roswell, and so we went over to the museum and mm-hmm. grabbed some of this, these shots, and then uh, Bo got, and Bo got his permission later, but first it was just, like, Self and I there, and then... Um, yeah, so it was different. It, that part was, um, I, Chris wow. is great, and Ewan is great, and, you know, and Maureen doing that and being, oh, we'll be great, and this girl, Felicia Tunney, who was, help, you, know, you know, second unit on, on some of it, director on some of it, this one, it, this is such a collaboration, and our editors, everything. Yeah, but I had... To... Yeah, Bo, Bo and Maureen deserve a lot of credit. They really helped us out in production and post a lot. You know, collaborative with the rest of us. You know, I've got to ask. Well, was the one that when he read the script said, "Oh, it's like a Neil Simon play," and I <laughs> thought that was the funniest thing. But it gave us all kind of gave us confidence after he read the script. But we didn't. I didn't know him at all. You've done the Rocky movies with him. Is that how you met him, um, Jimmy? Yeah, I, I met both through Greg quite a few years back, actually, through Greg and Rocky, and we worked worked together and. Um, friends of friends with the same people in the same circles over, you know, the last couple of decades, actually. And I brought other movies to Bo's in the past before that about to help us work on them uh, as well. So he's always someone that I've known and loved, and yeah, I think he's really great at what he does. And I feel like we're still very, very lucky to have him on our team. He's a really good guy. You know, I, I want to ask James, you know, Jimmy and I touched on this uh, when he in the first part of the show when it was just he and I, and I want to ask you because you're in a contained space and you don't have a lot of room in some of those spaces, such as the bathroom. um, What, how did you overcome the challenges of working with your DP to give us different angles? So we're not looking at the same shot over and over. You keep varying the shots and it could not have been easy uh, as many times as we're going in and out of cer- of the certain rooms, uh, so I'm curious, you know, how you went about designing that and coming up with different lighting and and angular uh, and dutching to give us the variance. Wow, that, that's a great question. I think uh, I knew that house pretty well, and working a lot with Chris and the, and knowing how he shot. And how he lit, and and we did a lot of pre-production of going through that house since we we were able to, and figuring out where our characters were, which side of the frame we wanted them on to express some of their inner feelings at that time, mm-hmm. and really incorporating that. And you're right; they were small spaces, and that 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 didn't create too much complications because we kind of knew the story and the characters. Mm-hmm. So knowing our limitations, I did ask for many setups and I'd be like, you know what? It's not going to work this time from over here. We need to jump to the other side. And luckily with the team that we had, they were able to really make it work. And that's a great question for Chris though, too. I mean, he did a phenomenal job shooting us. And, and, and Chris also, you know, had, um, a body, we had that body steady cam. You know, like when when she's walking through the hallway with the the gin and tonics, <laughs> and when and then the bathtub thing, um, it it was he was he was able to kind of like do I mean, and that was sort of like the requiem for a dream thing. And right, don't you think that had um, Chris being on a steady cam, some of it? I mean, he was on six, but wasn't he also like? Don't you think, James, that that was also really helpful for? being able to move and coverage and everything else and the size of camera and all that. Yeah, we had, um, I remember we brought Connor, Connor came in to do some steady cam and crane for us a few times. Mm-hmm. Connor Van Deer. 
Well, you and your crew. Yeah, he did work. an amazing job, and and that 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 shot right there, um, which I think is one of my favorite shots. Watching her kind of dance through the hallways into where the flood happened, because uh, she has this bad habit of leaving her water running. I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, because it's really funny, and I do love that about her character. Um, always preparing this warm bath. But um, when he did come in, and that's a lot of the time that we spent there, and then we end up back in there for a big scene as well, With which I think, as writers, we, we connected with, with this bathroom and the water and the cleansing of it. And so we did we did need to sneak a lot of angles in there. And Connor with that steady cam last minute uh really jumped in and started shooting some of that vacuum stuff for us. Uh just to save time as well. And so like on the spot we were just all talking together, rediscovering what we could do block wise and, and kind of making the day. So I mean like with independent films you kinda of sometimes have to sacrifice some of the ideas going in and then you find this whole new world coming out of it, for sure. Well, you know, I want to know, was anybody getting hazard pay? I mean, here's poor Jimmy. He's got to play with lawnmowers outside. He's got to play with a shop vac inside. And you got to, you guys got to do laundry. Uh, laundry would have been it for me. I would have demanded hazard pay or, or something. But... <laughs> <laughs> but, Good, Jimmy. Why didn't you uh, demand some hazard yeah, day, buddy? Jimmy. <laughs> uh, well, that training has become well-versed better than we like laundry. There's always so much crazy stuff. Now, something I have to tell you, which is absolutely gorgeous. Gorgeous. Your exterior, your crane shots of the pool, and then the fact that you do time lapse to speed it up um, with Chris Mulkey out there. And I got to say, Chris has done the show before with me, and I adore him. He is just off the rails. He is hilarious um, in this role as ja- as uh, as Jackie, um, playing you know playing against Lindsay's Joyce and you know her whole alleged father figure complex. It's going on. Um, but, yo, yo, yo. But Chris is, he's hilarious. But yeah, that crane shot, looking down, the blueness, the richness, the saturation of that of the exterior, absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely well, I'm gonna, I'm gorgeous. I'm going to tell that to our gaffer because that's, that's definitely, with the DP, he brought in his partner, a girl named uh, Victoria Chenwith, a woman named V. We call her V. Mm-hmm. V. Chenwith, and she's a brilliant gaffer. Amazing. When it comes to lighting things, like, she lit that pool, basically, for the DP and for us. It, is, it is so rich, and it's so vibrant, and there's so much life in that saturation, which is a wonderful counter. I believe it myself. It's a great I'm counter so to the interior. You know, the interior is we kind of like, yeah, we were blown away. We couldn't believe it. That yeah. it came out. And to hear you and say that it, exactly. And Bo, Bo, Bo. Remember, Bo's the one that got us that, who, who, do you remember? He insisted, like, we're going to have some production value. And he did that and the special effect of the, I mean, you know, of that other Yeah, Bo got us the scissor lift, which we used a scissor lift with the crane. So we had two, a scissor lift with a big light that would go mm-hmm. up and down. And then the camera was on a big, like, 30-foot crane. Yeah, I mean, it and just, it yeah, looks beautiful. The night shot is beautiful. Did you shoot that night for night, or did you do day for night? No, it's night for night. She's a lot of that stuff is, I mean, hours, yeah. Oh, that's a funny story. Remember? Oh, my God. We got, we had permits, but, um, um, <laughs> What is it? Um, film LA. Oh, I, I told him that story. Yeah, this is a great police. story. And then I, <laughs> Thank and you, I went California out and talked to him, and that was probably not a good idea. Yes. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, <laughs> I, you got, you guys. You know, I want to come work on your films. Um, you know, with the three of you. I didn't have this kind of fun when oh, I was. Oh, more welcome to. That's awesome. Well, I didn't have this kind of fun years ago when I was doing production, and even now on little things that I hop in as a producer on, it's like ah, nothing is this much fun. Uh, so, <laughs> you got- yeah, I think we we really wanted to, to, to do this as friends first. 
You know, it's... Yep, and we stayed friends, you know, even though Jimmy, I mean, Jimmy, James, James Weston went east, so, um, you know, so he's not with us anymore, but... Um, it, it yeah. do, he's not dead, so... <laughs> I know, thank God. He's not with us anymore. Doesn't mean he's gone. Yeah, no, James know, is here. Yeah, that's true. That is, I know. Where did you go to? But even um, all the, uh, like, pretty much everyone on the crew were our friends as well. No one was really, like, everyone had someone that they knew that they loved to work with. And together as one big team, we were talking about all these script things even before production began. So, like, everyone was there having fun, talking about the script, knowing the script. And then when we began to shot, it was, it was, uh, you know, it, you know, we all had our hard times and we had to make our days, but we were all friends and we were all at bat with one another. I wasn't necessarily like the commander just cause I was a director, you know, like all of them kind of knew what, what we were going for from the get go. Mm -hmm. So they had a lot of time, a lot of and place you know, to play yeah. with all of their roles as behind the camera crew members. Designer too, like, you know, was our production designer Barry O'Rourke? I just did a movie with him. Oh, Barry! Uh, with Jane Spencer, like a, about three or four weeks ago. Just as it, we've done, we've acted together, and you've acted together just with, with Barry too, Jimmy, right? And he did the production. Oh yeah, yeah, design. we worked on Greg Hachinaka's together. You yeah, know, so oh yeah. Yeah, I couldn't yeah, believe when Barry so, agreed to do this. I was like, Barry, you're a phenomenal actor. You're like, what are you doing behind the camera? And he's like, oh, I so bad want to do this because he loved the story just as much as us. You know, I'm curious. Like, that's awesome because I love working with you. I'm curious for Alana and for Jimmy. Um, how beneficial is it to the two of you being longtime actors when you sit down to work on a script? or to direct a project? Because I know, Alana, you're, you're co-director here. You've also directed some other, uh, some other things. So I'm curious how being an actor benefits you when you step behind the camera. Well, Tim, can you know um, I mean, I definitely have feelings, but... Well, for <laughs> me, I mean, I hear the dialogue. I hear voices. I hear the dialogue in my head. Um, when I'm writing mm -hmm. and then like we would read, we would read through, like there were times because I was also working on some other stuff while we were, um, like I wasn't, there were times that it was Jimmy and James just writing together. And then we would all sit down and go through it. The three of us go through and read through and we would read Jimmy and I would read the characters and all the characters. And, um, that really helped a lot. Um, you know, uh, cause you, and so I, I actually tend to make it, I, I tend to like to make it more spare and trim it down, and, mm -hmm. you know, but my early influences are like Tennessee Williams or Sam Shepard. Like, that's funny to throw those two together, but that's in my head. That's what I sort of like, I don't know. So how about you, Jimmy? Um, Did we lose Jimmy? Well, you know, it's, 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 it was kind of very organic, and I think that's the advantage that we had is, um, when, you know, when you're working with someone new, which is, is always a wonderful thing, too, but you you got to get to know each other, you know, and so since Alana and I were past that and we'd done quite a few movies together, we were really able to just from the get-go jump right into it and get into the meat of the characters and the work without getting to know each other first, and that was a, it was a joy to be able to work like that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, now, James, this is your first feature, correct? No, I have uh, another feature a few years before in 2010, so a little film called Playback as well. Mm-hmm. You know, but this was a big jump from that to this. Yeah. What, and Alana and Jimmy also helped me with that film as well. Okay, so what? So and I think, we have to have the three of you on films together. This is essential. We must have the three of you working on films yeah. together. <laughs> Yeah. No problem. Yeah. And you can come and be a producer. That would be awesome. <laughs> so you know that's the thing. I had them in two separate scenes. So I was like, I have to get you two together in one scene. <laughs> well, you did it here. You got you. Yeah. You got them. Well, guys, we are just about out of time. So oh, that was fun. I just want to remind everybody that spinning dry. Downtown LA Film Fest on October 26th. Now, are you at 11 a.m. at uh, Regal? 
down at LA Live. It's straight shot down Olympic, people. Really easy. Parking off of Georgia in the in the lot, perfect. You won't have any trouble getting there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Love that. But uh, you know, now will you have a second screening of the film during Downtown LA Fest? If they've shortened that film festival down to a um, like a long long weekend, mm-hmm. and actually they're just doing single screening. Okay. Of of it, um, and so and it's all. It was funny because when we found out we'd been programmed, I said to James, "Oh no, it's it's my Sophia, my the dot the little girl, and this is how long this movie's been going on. Is it's her first homecoming that weekend. So, and so we're only having the one screening, but we're already been. Um, I think we're going to be, um, and we've been invited to um, a couple of others, and um, um, and I'm hoping that if, if nothing else which is a great, there's a film right now showing that I'm, I'm and that's called um, Closure, that's just been a lounge this week, um, every night. And um, so worst cases, I mean, and that's best case, that's still very cool. We'll do a screening there, but there'll be, there'll be other, um, that we will, we will be back. But thank you for asking. <laughs> now, is there a website for the film that people will be able to check and see where Spinning Dry is popping up as you get into other festivals and, and such? I'm working on it. I need to run it by these guys, and um, <laughs> there's been a lot going on. <laughs> just a little. We just call all our friends every time. And Bo, you know. Well, but, but the, yes, we have that website, but it's not launched yet, but it will be. So, well, guys, whenever you get, I, I gotta have you guys gotta come back on the show again um, as, as the film makes its way around the country and, and into distribution, because I'm sure that uh, a company like Gravitas is gonna uh, want to jump at something like this. Uh, even Mar Vista Entertainment; uh, these are the kind of distributors that, and their films get out there. And people see them. Yeah. Wow. So. Thank you, because um, those are two. Gravitas have heard about, but um, Marvista wasn't. There have been a couple of people that have approached us um, already. So this is very, very cool. And thank you so much. You're, I think your show is so, so amazingly. Oh, oh, and um, Bo is texting me right now um, with the uh, uh, the website. Oh, it's fa- oh, it's on Facebook page is live. Okay. And um, and also um, at Spinning Dry on Twitter. Okay, but the Facebook page, which Bo did, Bo, you know, Bo's all over this stuff. And he and and Crystal and he are, I mean, the website. But I, I, I'm, I've been, I've been, not, I, it's in my court here, like within you guys. So anyway, yeah. All right. So, so people can go to Facebook. They can go to Twitter, <laughs> and then eventually you'll post on there when the site is up. So they can keep track of where they can find this film. Um, guys, again, yes. thank you. Thank you so much. Jimmy Duval, James Avalone, Alana Krauss. And everybody can see Spinning Dry on the 26th at Downtown LA Film Fest. Guys, thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Debbie. And I will talk to you all again very soon, I hope. Oh, cool. Yeah, Debbie, so cool to meet you. All right. Maybe I'll even <laughs> make it. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try and make my way down there. I am in the middle, we're in the middle of award season right now. So I'm like all over the place with all the four-year consideration craftspeople interviews. Um, so I'll see what I, I will see what I'm doing. So, yeah, so I'm going to try, actually, Kim knows, I'm going to try and make my way down there. Um, for your either for your carpet or for after or something, but uh, hopefully that would be fa- good after at twelve thirty. That would be cool. I'll make sure Kim has. I'm just I'm scrambling to try to put that together right now. Awesome! Yay! Uh, yay! You. All right, guys. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. And I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Debbie. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Bye. Love everybody. Bye. I'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Love you too. Bye, guys. See you soon. Bye. Yeah. And that was Jimmy Duval, writer-director James Avalon, and co-director, writer, and also 
star, one of the stars of the film op, playing opposite Jimmy, uh, Alana Krauss. So that is all the time we have today. Again, Downtown LA Film Festival starts. There are a lot of good films there. Inside Game will be there Thursday night. They're going to do a Q&A afterwards. Uh, Spinning Dry is going to be on the 26th. They're going to do a Q&A associated uh, with that screening as well. You've got Black and Blue coming into theaters. Another great film. Uh, a small little indie film. Beautiful film from Ira Sachs that opens on Friday called Frankie. Uh, it is exquisite. It's beautiful. Uh, so there's so much happening. So much happening. End of the year, award season, and next week is the end of October. Uh, so until then, I'm Debbie Elias. This is Behind the Lens. <laughs>